Hello, goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of My Haunted Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How's everyone doing out there today? I hope, unlike me, the allergies aren't killing you. Here, it almost feels like spring, although there might be snow in the forecast next week, of course. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water and getting out and getting yourself some vitamin D. Today's podcast is rather special. It's special because the location and the interviews were all found and set up for me. I basically just had to show up. The whole thing was amazing, let me tell you. For those that have been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you will remember one of my best friends, the Vampire Queen Raindrops, being a part of the Vampire Trilogy episodes. Well, recently she started telling me about this bar she discovered in Fort Worth, Texas, Thompson's Bookstore. The top part is a lovely cocktail lounge and the basement level that you can only enter with a password is an antique medical themed speakeasy. I basically wanted to visit immediately. Rain enjoyed it so much that she ended up getting a job there. And that's when things started to get a little, well, spooky. Apparently, the place is very, very haunted, and in her short time there, Rain has been touched and has been a witness to poltergeist activity, and so have some of her co-workers. So for this episode, we have Rain, Devin, and Sean talking about their experiences, some of them shared together at Thompson's Bookstore. So let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea or maybe for this episode a nice old-fashioned or something with gin in it make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by i have a story to tell you the menu at thompson's bookstore clearly states Our building was built in 1910 and has been Fort Worth Pharmacy, Atlantic Coffee Company, a cut-rate drugstore, and Thompson's Bookstore. The latter opened in 1972 and then closed in 1993. Rumor has it it was a brothel at one point in time. You never know. Prohibition was intense and this is Hell's Half Acre. Now, I have heard of a Hell's Half Acre, but was pretty sure it wasn't in Texas. I kept hearing about it over and over, like it's a big deal around there. And I was very confused. Not wanting to look like a dork in front of my new Texas friends, I just nodded my head like I understood. I was pretty sure... Hell's Half Acre was somewhere else, so I had to go do some research. I don't know why, but I was contributing the name to the Civil War prison in Andersonville, Georgia. It had quite a number of descriptions that evoked hell, so I think it 
was probably that. There is also a Hell's Half Acre in Wyoming that is known for its otherworldly landscapes. In fact, it was used as the animal planet in Starship Troopers. So, what is the Hell's Half Acre in Texas, you might ask, trying to get me back to the actual point of the podcast today? The Hell's Half Acre in Fort Worth started out innocently enough, as it always does, as a rest stop along the cattle drive trails that went through the area. Soon, of course, hotels, gambling houses, and our favorite, brothels, started popping up in the area. If you are familiar with Fort Worth, the Half Acre Block was originally designated from 10th Street to 15th Street while intersecting with Houston Street, Main Street, and Ruska Street, and Throckmorton, I don't know, and Calhoun Streets. Thompson's Bookstore is off of Houston. There's a plaque not far from Thompson's that explains the history. A notorious red light district known as Hell's Half Acre developed in this section of Fort Worth after the arrival of the Texas and Pacific Railway in 1876 launched a local economic boom. Fort Worth was soon the favorite destination for hundreds of cowboys, buffalo hunters, railroad workers, and freighters eager to wash off the trail dust and enjoy themselves. To meet the demand, a large number of saloons, dance halls, gambling houses, and bordellos opened between the courthouse square and the railway depot. Illegal activities in Hell's Acre were tolerated by city officials because of their importance to the town's economy. The district prospered in the 1880s and added to Fort Worth's growing reputation as a rowdy frontier town. Famous gamblers Luke Short, Bat Masterson, and Wyatt Earp, and outlaws Sam Bass, Eugene Bunch, Butch Cassidy, and the Sundance Kid are known to have spent time in Hell's Half Acre. In a 1906 newspaper headline calling the district's Fort Worth's den of sin and refuge of criminals was representative of periodic efforts to clean up the district. These efforts proved unsuccessful until army officials from Count, or I'm sorry, from Camp, Camp Bowie established here during World War I, helped local officials shut down, shut the district down. So, long story short, it had a very active history and continues to remain active spiritually. After this quick word from our sponsors, I'll be back with Rain, Devin, and Sean to talk about their experiences at Thompson's Bookstore.
right, for my first interview today, it was actually my last interview recorded, is my dear friend Rain, who has been on the show prior. Uh, she is the one who brought Thompson's Bookstore to my attention. Okay, recording. Rain, say something real quick. Jiggly wafers. Uh, that appears to have worked, so. Awesome possum. Okay, now, where in the hell did you go? There you are. Nope. Where are you? Are you there? There you are. I see you. Woot, woot. So, I'm just going to go ahead and start. We're all, we're all good. If you are all good. I'm good. When I say we, I mean me and this jerk. Oh. Yeah, she's, she's plotting. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So today I am on once again with friend of the show, Raindrops. How are you doing today, dear? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Just hanging in there. Uh, I, I like hanging in there. That's good. So... Uh, just gonna jump right on into it, since you've been on the show already. Uh, Thompson's, how did you find this place? Yeah, so Mike and I have been drinking at Thompson's for probably the past three plus years. I know Thompson's been open for five, but we haven't been drinking there too long. Um, but I actually found it because one of my friends from college, so our college campus that we were at for our master's is was four blocks away. Nice. And we got out of class early one night, and she was like, hey, you want to go, guy, you guys want to grab a drink at this really cool bar? I was like, I'm down. So we walked all the way over to Thompson's and had a drink, and I fell in love with the Victorian appeal of the place. It was a Tuesday night, so we had only been in the bookstore. This way before I knew there was a speakeasy or anything else <laughs> that was associated with it. Yeah, because the speakeasy's obviously a little bit hidden. If you didn't know it was there, you just, you wouldn't even guess. Because it's, it's literally in a bookcase that you have to get a password to go through. And yeah. The, and the password changes every day, right? Um, Every Friday. Mm. And so what happens is our general manager will do some research on the current market. And or like it's always a history lesson. So it's either book related or it's over uh something in history that revolts in that day. So I know when the rodeo came in town for I think it was like NAPR, National Association of Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Something I think it's NAPR. I'm probably reversing those letters incorrectly and I feel like a bad Texan. But um NPR is National National Association Rodeo. of Rodeo Professionals. So N-A-R-P. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, so we did like a history lesson, like why the hit, because it actually started in Texas. So um, kind of created that. So again, every Friday we do something. I think today's going to be something Winston Churchill themed. Oh, that's pretty spiffy. And you guys, you guys literally have books for sale as well, which makes me giggle. Actually, the books are not for sale, oh, but people they were try to buy them all the time. So uh, the reason it, the reason we call it Thompson's Bookstore is the owner, the previous owners of the building, it was a bookstore 
like back in the 60s or 70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he used to go there as a kid and get books. And so when it, after the bookstore went out of business, it became a bar it's called Bar. It was like two bars. One bar, a bar that became Bar 9. Then we, the owners bought it and made it Thompson's Bookstore. And then got the rights to call it Thompson's Bookstore as I would do the history. So a lot of those books, uh, when they contacted the owner, the previous owner, whenever they were like the owner over the bookstore, he still had a lot of books left. And so I believe that's how they, they acquired a lot of the books. A lot of them are by donations. Oh, They kind of fill up everything. I think that's awesome. It's a it's a cute little whimsical thing, and it makes me happy. People try and come in and buy the books all the time, and I think we'll sell them. They want them, but they're so old, and there's so much written within them because we use them to give the receipts to. Yeah, you've gotten you. You were telling me some of your fun, uh, customer graffiti in some of the books one time. Oh yeah. Which, you know, people. So, um, obviously the whole podcast has been about Thompson's being haunted. When did you first hear about this? Like on my first shift, I was just hanging out with the bartenders and learning and working security. And I I always have like weird energy. Like, I don't know, I... I feel like I always feel like I'm one of those people that I walk in places and I feel weird. I feel like there could be something else. It's more like the empath type of feel. Mm-hmm. And I was walking and doing my duties and I was like, this place haunted. Has anyone had ghost stories? And that's when I was talking to like Devin and uh, we have another bartender named Pappy up there. And they were telling me about, yeah, Thompson's is definitely haunted. They have a couple of ghosts, but they're not harmful. They're more playful or just want to be known. And so I was like, okay, great. And, of course, me being someone that's absolutely terrified of ghosts, like I am Scooby-Doo in any situation that happens, I find ghosts entertain, like interesting, fascinating, but the minute something happens, I want to run. So I was like, great. Working at, of course, I'd end up in a haunted bar that I love so much. Of course. Uh, that would totally be my luck. And so uh, that that's it wasn't until, like, a few weeks or about a month later it was actually New Year's, so I started at the beginning of November 2020, or, like, mid-November 2020, and then I had my first, like, ghostly experience on New Year's, New Year's Eve um, at Thompson's, oh. and so that's kind of, it took a couple, it took a while before anything actually ever happened. So what happened on New Year's? That's kind of an interesting thing. How I'm like, usually bars on New Year's are, like, packed. How was that in the pandemic yeah so this is during closing so this is between the we close at 2 a.m so it's between the 2 to 3 a.m while we were closed like cleaning up the bar which is the haunting hour you know mm-hmm. from my in theory the haunting hour and it started with i was going upstairs i was cleaning up the bookstore i was sweeping and i was going downstairs into the basement we have an elevator in the back and i took the elevator down to the basement which is where speakeasy is located and a lot of our cleaning supplies are in a closet down there and I took the elevator down and was getting my mop bucket. And the way it's set up is like there's my my storage container and flanking on both sides. There's a bathroom on each side. Uh, so the bathroom on my right, I heard what sounded like a female crying. And again, we're underground. This is not. It's 2, 2.15, 2.30 in the morning. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no one else. Like the bar, they, I had like three bartenders that they were male or two male bartenders and another male security 
partner that were up in the bar end, which is around a corner and down the hallway. Um, so I was the only female. I was the only female working at the time at Thompson's that day. Um, wow. Besides Twig, but I believe she was upstairs. And so I knock on the door thinking we left somebody in when we closed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ma'am, are you okay? Um, and I heard like footsteps rustling in the bathroom. So I was convinced that there was like a real person in there. I was like, ma'am, we're, we're closed. I'm sorry if anything happened, but we really need you to leave. Is there anything I could do for you? Trying to like be polite security and trying to get this person out. And I'm standing there for a couple of moments to trying to talk to this person. And finally I knock on the door, but then I realize the door is unlocked. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm coming in, but we need you to leave. And so I open the door and no one's in there. So I leave my mop bucket and I just walk down the hallway to the bartender's like, "Um, hey, so this just happened right back there. Oh, no. And um, Kenny, who is another one of the security guards, he goes, I was cleaning over here in the back corner. I swear someone coughed right behind me and I turned around real fast and no one was there. Oh, shit. And then Pappy, who was working in the bottom bar, goes, I keep finding money. He goes, this isn't a bad problem, but, like, every time I look down, there's another dollar bill right here by my station, and I don't know where they're coming from, and it's just me over here. So we were all laughing. It's like, okay, maybe it's just really, I mean, we can't, we have no explanation for any of that. And so we were just kind of giggling, because we're like, well, someone's got a sense of humor tonight. Yeah. But it was creepy. It was just really weird. The energy was really weird that night, and we had a lot of weird patrons. I think it's just, like, the energy of... Being out in a pandemic on New Year's Eve, uh, we had a very interesting crowd that night. So I think that kind of contributed to a lot of the, the feelings within the bar. But that was probably my most, my first experience. And now I'm like, I never like to clean that bathroom. No. <laughs> then I was like, all right, don't cry, please. I don't like it, but disembodied voices. I don't blame you. Holy crap. Um, uh, were you the one telling me you got touched one time? Um... I've never been physically touched by anything. Oh, I thought you... Uh, now, we have some bartenders that feel like whenever they go up and down stairs or barbacks, when they run upstairs to grab bottles of alcohol, they feel like when they're going down the stairs, like something's pulling their shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that one time, but I have no explanation. Like, I, I was also running, so who knows? Like, your shirts are going, but some people are convinced that they've been touched before. Huh. But for the most part, these, I think the entities at Thompson's are more uh, just verbal or, like, vocal. You hear them, but you never see them. How strange. Because when we were there recording, we went to go record with Devin upstairs. I got touched. Like, I swore you re- I, I swore it was you. Reached out and, like, grabbed my elbow as I was walking. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was not me. Yeah, that was, uh, because I turned around real quick to see what was up. Like, did I, like, hit something? What's going on? And you were significantly behind me talking to Devin. And I just remember telling you what happened. And you're like, oh, yeah, that happens to people. It seems really happens to people. It's like they grab, like, the back of your shirt. Yeah. Right here. Or on your arms. That's That's what uh, Blake Blake says, that he feels like it's pulled on his shirt before when he's running. Yeah. It's freaking, it was... It was strange. It was very strange because we were going up to go do an interview about a podcast about the hauntings and then literally got touched. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Okay, then. 
Uh, what other experiences have you guys had? I know there's been some weird ones. I know you had one with Devin that he told us about. Yeah, so this was just like, it was actually the weekend you were here, I believe. Was I? Because I think we interviewed Saturday. Or maybe it was the weekend before. It was closely to whenever you guys came to visit. But Devin and I were working in the basement, which is our speakeasy. And our... I know you took some pictures, and so maybe you'll oh, be able yeah. to post it where the guests can see. But um, so the way the bar is set up, it's, it's like a round bar, and there's seating on the outside. And behind us is, of course, like the standard bar set up. And we have shelves with all the alcohol on them. And the, cell, the shelves are very sturdy. Again, we're in a basement. There's not really any movement underground or anything like that. And I was standing closest to what the area that happened. So there's a dishwasher, and I was putting dishes in the dishwasher and I was probably about five six feet away from the wall where this occurred and there were no guests in front of that section of the bar because there's no bartender down there so there wasn't anybody standing by nearby that would and the, the closest people setting to where the bottles came off were standing right they were sitting at the bar right in front of me so I'm putting my stuff in and next thing I know four bottles on the wall and not even on the edge it was like you have a shelf and it was four bottles right in the middle. So like three bottles on either side flanked that didn't even move, but four bottles in the model middle flew off. And mm. it's not like they just tumbled off and downwards because if they had, they would have landed on these metal tanks that are, are like pressure systems and would have broken. They flew out maybe three feet onto the rubber mat. So none of them broke, which is weird. Not, not one of the four bottles broke. Hmm. And so Devin, it made a huge noise. The bar got quiet. Devin looked over at me. and was like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. And the people in front of us are like, those bottles just flew off the wall. Is this place haunted? Wow. And, like, and Devin was like, yeah, it is haunted. He goes, you just watched the paranormal experience, I guess. Huh. And so it was really, but I mean, I went over the shelf and like moved the shelf. Like I was trying to was try and solve like why these four bottles in the middle, they're about an inch away from the, all, all the bottles are about an inch away from the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the lighting and all the other bottles were in the exact same location i don't know that like those four bottles didn't seem to be forward the shelves not slanted it's it, it's all even <laughs> so i was like i don't know how to explain how that happened but that was pretty weird huh how how high did they fall from uh they fell probably two to three feet so it was on the okay bottom well i don't know if you take like a projection because they didn't go down they just went <laughs> this way they went at like a 45 degree angle to land on the rubber matting that we have that we stand on. Wow. So it's probably, I mean, they probably flew like three or four feet to the ground and out. That's, I'm, I'm just like the fact that, because Devin has another story like that too, with random bottle, bottles falling off a thing. So it seems to be happening. Uh, yeah, and that a lot. Happens. it's very rare for it to happen while guests are around. It's usually after hours that most people experience their stuff. When you're, like, alone by yourself or, <laughs> like, it's just us. So it was really crazy that it was, like, right after midnight, like, full packed bar for that to happen. Um, do you, do you, does anybody have any idea who the hauntings, who are doing the hauntings? I know, um, Sean said... You guys call the ghost Gus Gus? Yeah, they apparently had paranormal investigators. Oh, he calls the ghost Gus Gus. Um, 
I don't even know the names of what we call them, but I think they had paranormal events from, I can't remember who told me. One of the bartenders said that they had, it's probably Devin or Sean, because I feel like I talked to them the most about this. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had paranormal investigators come out, and they said that they felt that there was a child, which I think he's the unruly one. And I think that's who Sean calls Gus Gus. I don't quote me. I'm not sure. And then there apparently is a female and a cowboy. Oh. A male cowboy. So there's those three entities that they were able to communicate with, apparently. Which, it makes sense. So our bar sits on the edge of the historical hill's half acre. Mm -hmm. And so... In theory, you know, the bar was believed to have been a prohibition bar. So it was disguised under the name pharmacy. But oh, of course. Of course, you know, back in the day, no one kept records of illegal activity. So yeah. you can't really prove that that's what really happened. So that's why we paid ode to the speakeasy downstairs. And in theory, the, the speakeasy wasn't even down there. The basement wasn't built till later on oh. um, in the future. So during this time period, it would have been in that bookstore area or on the second or third floor because those are the original builds. The basement came much later and was excavated later on. Um, And then the second and third floor were for sure. The third floor were um, presumed or allegedly a brothel Hmm. and going up there. You can definitely see like small rooms like they're going to gut it here shortly, but it's very roomy. And um, I learned that they actually tried to make it into a hotel at one point, so that could also be a reason for the tiny little rooms. Hmm. But Where, it's we, pretty weird energy on the third floor. No one really likes to go up there by themselves. We recorded on the second floor, right? Or were mm-hmm. we? So there's the a whole story above us. Oh, man. I thought that's where the brothel was. Uh, I mean, they believe it was there and then maybe the third floor, so both floors were uh-huh. operating. Or, like, the third floor was a brothel, and the floor we were on was a speakeasy. Okay. Huh. There's really no records. It's just all myth and legend, so. You know, that, that sometimes that, that that's fun, too. Hearsay. And the reason we hear a lot of these things is, like, we've had people come in that's like, my great-great-grandmother, or my great-grandma was here in Prohibition and remembers this building. Oh, um, and talked about the prohibition style speakeasy that was here. So it's like they've had several people come in, and like historians or family members have pictures of the building back in the old days, and say like, "Hey, my grandparents told me stories about hanging out in this place, <laughs> and talked about that they knew about this place." And so it's kind of that's kind of how a lot of history was formed and ideas. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like that counts as primary documentation. Yeah. Uh, have you had any other weird encounters at Thompson's? Um, I think the only other, um, the only other thing that has happened is, and I can't even prove this one, is like me and one of the bartenders were on the second floor doing prep. Okay. And we were talking and just goofing off and we have like this little pulley, like or cart oh and it's really stubborn like you really have to push it and you only goes one direction it's a pain in the butt of a cart sometimes and it randomly like went from one end of the bar in front like in front of us in the prep room all the way over to the other side just randomly and all of them being funny was like well that's the ghost and i was like oh my god it was creepy but again like that room's a little angled so i mean it's an old building but 
it was still really weird how far it went and the speed it kind of went at. But huh. we, we can't guarantee that one wasn't because of like the slant and it was just, but it's out there for, it was there for a couple of hours and then just randomly moved. So. I mean, it seems like you guys have a lot of like possible like poltergeist activity. Things are moving and shaking and doing stuff. Other it's than the moved. bartenders. Ha ha. I see the pun that you did there. Yeah. I did a poor one to Sean, too, so apparently I'm just doing awful, awful <laughs> bar jokes this week. So, well, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it was, it's was it been a little bit crazy, and we've missed each other like five times, but I'm glad it finally worked out. Me, too. It's always a pleasure getting to come on here and talk about weird stuff with you, so. Well, and very soon we'll have to get you on to talk about... The uh, Vampire Wine Bar coming up here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens there. We got to get, we still have a bunch of steps to go before we can kind of say that's officially moving. So. Secret. <laughs> okay, Little babe. Tease there. Soon, soon to happen. Keep your eyes open. Well, thank you so much, babe. My second interview is with Mr. Devin, who is one of the bartenders. We recorded upstairs in Thompson's during the day, so you could definitely hear some street noise. Just a heads up. I tried to edit out the worst, but still. So Mr. Devin, tell us about yourself. How did you end up at this wonderful establishment? Fate, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Devin Campenhout. I'm one of the bartenders here at Thompson's. And I have worked here for about five, a little over five years now. Okay. So, um, the interesting story that brought me here um, to work, uh, I was actually going to a cannabis conference up the street. Nice. the convention center um, and I hadn't seen my buddy Sean in a while I was just like reaching out to him like hey man what's, what's going on I haven't seen you in ages and he's like oh I'm working at this place called Thompson's it's this really cool bar and so I stopped in here for a drink and they're like we need people and at that point in time I was kind of taking a break from the service industry doing construction and focusing on my music career so I was like hey I don't know like I don't know if I want to bartend or get work in a bar, but man, this place is so cool. And they're like, well, I'll just work at the door. So I started working at the door, and then next thing you know, I'm bartending. Nice. Uh, that was five <laughs> years ago. It was a lot of fun. Um, this building um, was built in 1910. Oh, okay. It was first used as an apothecary. Oh. Um, and, you know, think of it as like a drugstore, if you yeah. will, but back then that's where you buy your booze. So people always associated this building with, with liquor back then. Um, and where this building sits, it's on the corner of 8th and Houston Street in downtown Fort Worth. And back in those days, um, from about 18, the 1880s up until about 1920s-ish era, um, this area that, that the building sits in was known as Hell's Half Acre. So it was basically the red light district of Fort Worth, you know, the, the rowdy zone where, you know, people that were 
you know, a lot of guys, cowboys, if you will, were riding the Chisholm Trail that, that was okay. delivering cattle around, and so they'd stop here and have a good time. So I'm like, this is the fun area this of is town. The fun area. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, um, so uh, in 1919, the prohibition happened, and uh, this building that used to be an apothecary up until then was no longer able to legally sell booze. So, um, so they mysteriously renamed the operation the Fort Worth Coffee Company. Okay. And it was the Fort Worth Coffee Company until the end of the prohibition, uh, which was changed in the 30s, so I want to say 1932. Um, and then it became an apothecary again. So. Huh. Um, and so during that time, it was the Fort Worth Coffee Company. They were, there's no official record of them being a speakeasy. That just means they didn't get caught. Exactly, so, yeah. Um, there, there are plenty of people who have had come in over the years and like, oh, my grandmother used to come here in her 20s and drink cocktails and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Okay, that's yeah. kind of cool that there's like a family yeah. history of drinking yeah. at Thompson. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I like that. So uh, now the bar as it stands, uh, we've been... Thompson's bookstore uh, since I guess, 2015. Okay. Um, before then, there was a bunch of other places. It was actually a bookstore here called Thompson's Bookstore from 1972 until 1993. Oh, wow. Um, one of the guys who founded our current bar was um, used to come here as a kid and buy comic books and stuff at the bookstore. Oh. Um, <laughs> So, That's precious. Yeah. So the building has a lot of cool history about it. Um, it also has, there's a darker side to it too. It's like, and I, I don't, when I say dark side, that's more metaphorical. I've never actually felt any kind of a dark presence here. Um, but there are definitely spirits here. Okay. Um, my experience, I've worked here for five years, and I've also, like any chance I've had to talk to anyone else who's worked in this building, I ask them one question, and it's, the question is, do you think this building is haunted? And unequivocally, everyone who's ever, ever, ever asked that question to has said, yes, I think this building is haunted. So, I mean, there's a, not, huh. I'm not the only person who has stories about this place, but uh, I've never personally felt threatened you know, for me, when they announce themselves, it's more of like trying to get attention rather than trying to drive people away from this building okay. or anything of that nature. How do they usually try to announce themselves for you? Um, to you. So, I mean, how you receive their announcement, I guess, is up to you. Yeah. You know, how you perceive them. Um, the first experience I had was, you know, this was probably this was a long time ago. I was working downstairs. And our beverage director at the time um, was up here doing some stuff in the office. And I was the only other person in the building. It was just me and her. And um, she comes running downstairs. And she's like, were you just up there? And I was like, no, I've been down here working. And she's like, are you serious? Like, you weren't up there? I'm like, no. And she's like, all these boxes, you know, like, are all on the floor up there for no reason. And I'm like you sure that wasn't me? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. And I could just tell by the, her demeanor and her expression. She was truly terrified. She, was, she was absolutely mortified. Um, but for me, I've never, it's been more curious for me rather than scary. Okay. When they announce themselves, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, they were just here and, you know, we got to experience them. I've never actually seen them 
I've experienced them. It's always like you see what happens after the. They always have a manage of doing. They manage to do stuff like in the corner of your eye. It's never like uh, when you're looking yeah. right there. Um, for example, there was one time that we were in uh, the basement. Um, anyway, there was this one time we were in the basement, um, and we have a like our quote unquote speakeasy down there. Um, and the basement actually wasn't built until later on in this building's history. It was dug out by the bookstore owners okay. to create extra storage space for their bookstore. Oh. Um, people always imagine when they're down there that that's where the speakeasy was historically, but it would have been at where we're sitting right now as opposed to downstairs, yeah. actually. So. Okay. Um, but anyway, down there, it's there's no windows. And so keep that in mind as, as we're talking about this. I'm, I'm sitting there one day, and it's a, probably a Friday night or a Saturday night on the weekend. It's pretty busy. And me and my other co-worker, Sean, were down there. And, and I have my back tur turned away from the bar top because I'm, I don't know, working on a computer or doing something where my yeah. attention is directed yeah. there. And, and he was a few feet away from me, and his was faced towards the right. And all of a sudden, I hear this shattering sound, and my leg is wet. And, oh, oh. And I, and there's, and I turn around instantly, you know, it's a reaction, like, what's going on? And there's a swim top bottle. We used to have these these large glass swing top bottles that we used to refill waters you know, out on the floor. Okay. And, and there were like three or four of them all just sitting right there next to each other, getting ready for us to, you know, whatever we needed them for. And all of a sudden, one of them just like shattered, but it didn't like fall over and break. It just sat. It, it, it literally was still standing there. It didn't fall over. It just shat. The side of it was like blown out. Wow. Like, which doesn't wow. like, structurally make any sense. No, it the doesn't. Only, the only explanation in my head was like somebody just shot it with something. But there's no firearms down there. There's nobody shooting anything. We're, we're in a basement, and it's not like we're catching a stray bullet from outside. Yeah. You know? So, Whoa. like, it was the strangest thing where, I, like, out of nowhere, just boom, you know, glass is breaking and, and my leg's wet. And, and Sean and I both, like, look over, and there's no one there. Nothing. You know, it was so confusing. And that's usually how the, the ghosts are. It's like they announce themselves in that kind of a way where, like, all right, you know, we're going to do something that you have no explanation for. Um, the other time uh, that happened was a few years later. Um, again, in, this was in the, the main part that we walked in at the floor level when you walk in here. I was working at that corner of the bar, and... Uh, and I, I distinctly remember I was looking to the right of the bar. I wasn't looking out towards where the couches are. Okay. But in that direction, I hear this loud bang. Like something had fallen off the wall or off a table. And it was really loud. I mean, it was just like, okay, I'm going to have to go clean up a mess. What's going on over there? And I turn my head over there, and I see that there's two people sitting on that couch, and they are just mystified. They're, they're like, what? And so I immediately, you know, go around the bar and, and head out there, and I'm like, what's going on? And the first thing out of their mouth is, is this place haunted? Oh, no. And I'm like, what was it that broke? And they're like, we have no idea. We're, we're very confused. And I, oh. I, and I got up my light on my phone, and I'm like, 
you know, because it's kind of dark in there. Yeah, it's, and I'm it's a bar, looking, yeah. looking around for glass or anything broken, and, and I was just utterly confused. Um, you know, oh, and wow. it's interesting to me. It's like when you have these experiences, it's not just me having experiences. Yeah. There's, there's other people involved, and everyone has their own individual uh you know, experience to share about it, I guess. But It's know, nice to have that validation. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really interesting. The other night, um, she and I were downstairs with, you know, it was a busy night. It was last weekend. Friday, I want to say. That when it was. So Friday, you know, we're just normal operating. And she was kind of closest to that area. in the corner of the bar. And I was in the middle of the bar, like where the kind of the dish area was. And you were a little bit further down. And all of a sudden, I just hear the sound, like, crashing, you know, and, and, and I see her over there, like, what's going on? And, and four bottles just flew off the wall. Oh, this is no what you were reason. telling us. I mean, for no reason. And there were other bar guests that were sitting right there, and, I, and they saw it, too. And they were like... They also asked the same question, are, we, are you haunted? Uh -huh. so, so did you guys get to see the bottles, or did you just turn like, around to the aftermath? I earlier, like, it happened in the corner of my eye. The way the, the shelf is, is like there's a bunch of alcohol on the shelf, so if something had hit the shelf, all of those bottles would have fallen over. It was just four right in the middle that had flown off and landed on a patty. And, and that's the thing is, it's like the, if they had just, like somehow, you know, my first thought would be, oh, there was some kind of vibration that moved them or something. Yeah. And it's like, no, if they had just dropped off the bar, they would have broken because there was like all this, there were these old metal uh, kegs down there that oh. would have hit and they would have, that would have been a whole different issue. But they actually flew off the bar and landed on the rubber mats. None of them even broke, which was really odd. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they just wow. fell off and landed on the mats and you know, it was really strange. But, yeah, know, it sounds less destructive yeah. and definitely attention-getting. Yeah, I mean, that's, I didn't feel like they were like, hey, leave. And then, and then of course, like, those bar guests leave and some new ones come back and I was just like, hey, uh, like literally like 15 minutes ago, like, there were ghosts right here. You should, like, I think that's cool. And there were and these guys like, I don't believe you. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's but, funny how people's experience is very different from, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, wow. Oh, my God. So out of all your experiences here so far, what has been like your favorite with the spirits or your most memorable you think? Um, yeah. I think for me, it's it's not even necessarily like like those types of things that happen. Those are always really fun for me because it's like, wow, you know, they're here, they're announcing themselves. But you know, when I'm here late at night doing the numbers at the end of the night, sometimes and it's just quiet. Um, it's, it's not like I'm having experiences with them, but it's like in my imagination, we're just kind of chilling and everyone's happy up here. So, you know, for me, it's a kind, of, kind of a comforting place rather than a scary place. Um, you know, I've never had anything where they, you know, I felt that they were angry at me for being here or anything like that. So. No, I think that's awesome. I love it. And that's really it. Yeah. Well, thanks for, yeah, thanks for, for having me. Thanks for coming in. Very quickly. Yeah. You can tell I'm not the talker in the it's, podcast. Yeah, Can't you tell? I'm like, yeah, I'm just here and I read a script when I write it. And I'm going to go ahead and stop talking like a dork. And for my final Thompson's interview, I talk to Sean, the bar manager, or at least one of them. 
there were a lot of technical difficulties for this one. It was really freaking weird. I'm still not 100% sure what happened. The recording would stop for no reason, like every five minutes. It was very, very strange. I have never had these issues recording before. Uh, I was going to try to edit it all out, but I felt like it was kind of appropriate to keep it all in. So you, Because it, it was so weird, I wanted to share it. Uh, and I'm also very thankful for Sean for being such a good sport with it. Because it was, it was a little bit ridiculous and odd. Recording. All right. Hello, Mr. Sean. How are you today? I'm well. How are you, Angela? I'm doing pretty well. Uh... A gorgeous day. I'm getting attacked by a cat at the moment. Go away. But, um, so I missed you, unfortunately, in uh, Texas when I was down there. Um, so, uh, tell us about yourself. I didn't really get a chance to meet you, sadly. Yeah, uh, I didn't get a chance to meet you either. I mean, I guess that's how the, these things kind of happen. Um, I guess our schedules didn't align. Um, as for me, my name is uh, Sean McDowell. I am um, one of the bar managers of Thompson's Bookstore, Speakeasy, and Cocktail Lounge. Um, and uh, basically, my role there is as head bartender, just to basically as a supervisory role amongst uh, my other bar, my fellow bartenders, and uh, also uh, training new staff and and to help them shift into their roles comfortably. Also, on the like on the on the bill of uh, job duties is uh, cocktail development. You know, um, always kind of spitballing new recipes and collaborating with uh, various other bartenders in our staff, and uh, hopefully come up with new and edgy ideas. So I know you said it was your day off today. So thank you so much for being on. But you said you went in to work on some new cocktails, and I got to visit Thompson's, and the drinks are amazing. So I'm very excited to hear what the new ones are going to be. Oh, well, thank you very much for that. And, uh, yeah, so we are going to, like, we're making a shift from having, like, a hugely expansive menu, um, which kind of, which was great and all to offer, like, a tremendous amount of variety, but it also kind of put a strain on uh, speed of service, mm -hmm. not to take away from the quality of the cocktails. They were fantastic, but um, it did kind of slow us down a little bit. So we thought for the, for the sake of uh, improving the guest experience and helping to, um, like help our cocktails fit into the season is to kind of simplify things, roll with six uh, new seasonal cocktails four times a year, one for spring, one for summer, one for fall, like one for winter, uh, six cocktails each on those seasonals. And then with each new seasonal rollout, we'll have a list of 10 favorites to be its counterpart. And those 10 favorites will have, you know, things that have been on, on our menu since day one that are just, so hugely popular there's no way they're ever going to go away okay. but we've also we've we've also had favorites that do include some seasonal offerings as well awesome no I'm, I'm i'm like very excited can you tell us like flavors or anything or is that like top secret still no 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 it, it, i'm 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 pretty sure I'm allowed to disclose it so i'm just going to do so so okay. uh, from the six seasonals um 
we're going to have uh, two tangy and bright. You know, those are things are going to have like citrus, usually a shaken cocktail. Mm. We also have two spirit forward, which are usually like a stirred cocktail, either served up or on a rocks or big rock. And then like two novelty cocktails that are just kind of kind of lay in the cut out there on the edge of sanity and <laughs> things that you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, and usually have like a really involved like prepping in terms of batching the cocktail type process, which we're actually kind of excited about because that'll definitely provide ease of service without taking away from the quality of the cocktail. So for the two spirit forward, which I was in charge of, um, we have a cocktail. It's called trans oceanic. That's going to have, um, St. George terroir gin, which if you're not familiar, it's a very like it, it, it smells of Douglas fir and juniper and Ooh. lots of other wonderful botanicals. So it has a very floral um, aroma to it. It Ooh. also has Nardini, uh, which is like a cedro lemon liqueur, um, Chinar, which is like a, an artichoke uh, aperitif, oh. and a little bit of Demerara, some lemon ginger bitters, and that's going to be served on a big rock. And that one's really, really boozy, but still easy drinking and smooth. There's another one, which was a malt whiskey cocktail, which we went with the Woodford malt whiskey, Ooh. a little bit of honey syrup. Uh, there's also some Montenegro, which is another uh, <clears throat> digestif from from Italy, which I like, and that has a lot of floral components as well. And that one's get like crushed ice, uh, lemon ginger bitters, and then you know mint sprigs. It's gonna be served up in a highball glass. That one's really really easy for a whiskey cocktail. Like a lot of people when they think whiskey cocktails that are spirit forward. They're just going to be like, oh, it's going to be a slow sipper. This one's yeah. quite the opposite. This one you could just crush. Um, but the other, um, the other uh, cocktails from the seasonal menu, those are uh, for the... Um, gotcha. So take, well, start over a little bit. Um, yeah, I've been having a lot of technical issues, and I'm not sure if it has to do with Thompson's directly. <laughs> But, uh, okay then. So, let's try this again. Mr. Sean, you were telling us about the amazing cocktails coming up. And you had mentioned Mr. Devin, who is also on the podcast this time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Has has his episode already been published? No, you guys are going to be on the same episode. I'm cheating and taking a couple stories from everybody. Yeah, compiling them. I gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else with the cocktails you would like to go over since the silly thing stopped? Well, um, the others, I, I, I like, there is one I had a hand, there's another one I had a hand in on like the Tangium Bright menu. That's one, uh, it's called Trans Oceanic. And the reason for the name is because its ingredients literally come from like three different corners of the world. Oh. And, and that one's like a, a mezcal and rum agricole cocktail with lime juice grenadine tiki bitters angostura bitters a little bit of frambois oh my god yeah and i went served over crushed ice and a big tall pilsner it's a real pretty cocktail i'm I'm really excited about that one i know it's going to be a big seller for us as well but the others i don't really have all the details on on the others because i didn't have any hand in the the development of them but i did get to try them today and all of them are going to be hard hitters that 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 much i do know we're pretty excited for the spring menu because it's going to be very simplified. But, you know, what I say with whenever it comes to cocktails, you know, less is more. Um, you don't really have to have a nine-ingredient cocktail to make it great. No. So, um, you know, some of the best classics that I order 
for myself, for my own pleasure, usually have like the simplest of recipes. And I mean, simplicity is key. So for the person who's never been to Thompson's, what is the first drink you would recommend for them? Well, I would first ask what they normally like to drink because not everybody, like we, I mean, we're a cocktail bar first and a whiskey bar second because we have like 400 whiskeys on our wall and then some. So my first, my first thing to do is like, first thing I do is I normally seal them out and, you know, cause not everybody wants a whiskey cocktail. Not everybody wants a gin cocktail. It's really, uh, I, I kind of have to tailor the experience to the individual, which actually kind of makes the job fun because whenever you get to personalize somebody's experience, they get a little bit more joy out of it. And I get a little bit of um, gratification from knowing that I provided them with whatever it is they want. But uh, for, say, somebody who's like, I don't really do brown spirits, but I like citrus. One of my favorite things to suggest is like a, a neoclassic referred to as like a Fitzgerald. It's not on our menu, but it's something that we can always keep in our back pocket, if you will. Um, because it's, it's, it's a really great drink. It, I think the recipe was first presented and published like in the year 2000. Hmm. And it really was part of those recipes that helped kick off and gave us this cocktail renaissance that we're living in now in this 21st century. Um, but it's like, again, simplicity is key. So it's, it's just gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, Angostura bitters, give it a quick shake, serve it over the rocks. It's a crowd pleaser. Mm. Another one, like the one thing that we move the most in the building are old fashions. I mean, you can get that just about anywhere, yeah. but what, but, but the real question you ask yourself is like, I've had old fashions before, but have I had it done right? And <laughs> the reason why we sell more of that than anything else. I mean, and old fashioned is really just a template, just a little bit of sugar or sweetening, sweetening aging of some sort. Um, two ounces of spirit, bitters, citrus twist of some sort, serve it over the rocks, stirred, boom, done. But our old, fa our household fashion is made with uh, bean black bourbon. So that one's a good, like, that one's a good starter for somebody who's kind of new to our culture. And then we have other variations of old fashions that are actually on our menu. And those are not going anywhere either. Uh, our Probably our biggest seller, which is a recipe developed by our former beverage director, Brittany Day. It's called uh, 100 Years of Solitude. Ooh. It's got uh, jalapeno agave, a little bit of orange liqueur, bourbon, and then we flambe Angostura bitters over a big rock. Oh, my God. I'm not going to give out any units of measurement on that because I'm not allowed to. No, that's fine. I'm just, I'm already like, what? <laughs> But yeah, wow. That, that, that's what I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> but, but but we have a big, 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 big. All right, sir. So we've been talking about the cocktails. I want to hear about spirits. And yes, I thought that line was clever. So um, tell me what uh, some of your experiences have been at Thompson's. Because I hear it's... It, it it's pretty freaky sometimes. Uh, well, to me, it just kind of leaves me scratching my head. Like I gotta say this: um, I've been working at Thompson's for six years now, and I gotta say, uh, before I started working there, I did not subscribe to any sort of idea that that there was an afterlife. Mm. But working there and giving given the experiences experiences that I've had kind of leaves me second guessing a little bit because there's like literally no exp explanation for the, the experiences that I've had. So I don't know, where shall I start? Do you just want me to talk about like 
the the individual instances? Sure, all of it. I want to hear. Okay, so I want to start with my first one. I was in the building alone, and um, this was shortly after I was given my set of keys. I was just made uh, like a closing manager, and uh, I was working on a Sunday night. I was by myself in the building. It was very quiet. And this is before we were doing the kind of volume at Thompson's that we do now. So I was just sitting there in what we call the corner well. It's the, it's the well that is closest to the front door of the building. Okay. And uh, I, I know that doesn't really do a lot of good as this is an audio medium. No, <laughs> I actually got video when I was there too. So I can totally upload video. Yeah. So yeah, I was in that, that corner well, as we call it in the bookstore. Okay. And, uh, and I was just sitting there. There was not a single guest in the building. It was around midnight, pretty quiet in downtown. And all of a sudden, I start hearing, and in the building being as old as it is, anytime somebody's walking around on that second floor above the bookstore bar, you can hear footsteps. But this was a very distinct. Like, it sounded like hard sole shoes, like boots. Like, somebody heavy was walking down the, the hallway above, and where that corner well is situated, the office is directly above that corner well. Hmm. So I hear it, and it starts from the back hallway, like right where the, the top of the stairs ends up. Like if you go down that back hallway from the the, the main bar area, and you, you go to through the vestibule and you know cut left, that's the staircase that will take you up to the second and third floors. We also have a, a, an elevator as well. But um, it sounded like it started at the, 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 the top of the stairs, walking all the way down the hall to the office, and there's a pause. And I'm like, and, and my first thought is like, okay, somebody is in the building, whether it's one of the other managers or one of the owners. So I think I'm going to be cute and going to go up there and try and frighten them, but it's kind of hard to sneak up on them oh, as the no. floors are really creaky as well. Yeah. So, so I hear it, like, pause at the office door, and then I hear it start walking back down the hallway like they're headed towards the stairs. So I, I you know, I bolt down to the vestibule, and I'm, like, waiting behind the wall that separates the staircase from the rest of the vestibule, and I was going to pop out. Nothing. Oh. Go upstairs to say hello to whoever I thought was up there. No one. Oh, no. And these, and these footsteps were loud. Like a heavy set individual. I thought it was like Glenn or Will, like one of the two owners at the time. They they are no longer owners, but that's besides the point. So I was kinda puzzled. I was like, huh, I guess I'm just hearing shit. I don't know. And I carry on with the rest of my shift. The one thing that really made me kind of a little bit of a believer, I'm not gonna sit here and like lean into it fully, was uh, Devin was working a cocktail shift. Now, this is the basement. We call it the RX or the pharmacy. Now, this is the, the quote-unquote speakeasy oh, yeah. portion of the building, which I'm sure you, you had a gander at while you were there, right? Oh, of course. It was so Yeah, so uh, I was working the service well, and Devin was the cocktail server uh, at, at the time. So, uh, and we also offer water service, so we have all these top water bottles just sitting there on the service well so he can just grab and go and do refills as needed for his guests so i'm just sitting there stirring a cocktail and devin's right there at the bar entrance like summoning through the rolodex where we keep the credit card so he can run payment on one of his tabs and all of a sudden i hear this little like it sounded like glass cracking like a little tap like something struck mm. it and you hear the glass crack and then just like that one of those um swing top bottles just kind of 
split in half. Oh, it stopped again. Oh my god. <laughs> See, man, uh, Gus Gus is listening in. They don't want us talking about this. Gus Gus? Gus Gus is what we called it. Okay, let's try this again. Okay, so you're telling us about the swing top bottle. Yeah, so Devin's like at the entrance of the well where he's, you know, um, at the entrance of the well where the Rolodex where we keep all the credit cards for guests so we can run payment on them uh, and also to hold their tab open. Uh, but I hear one of those swing top bottles crack and it also sounds like something struck it. And the only way I can describe it is it sounded like, I don't know if you've ever, you know, played around with air guns when you were a kid, like BB guns, pellet guns, oh, yeah. things like that. And you shoot bottles, cans, whatever. It sounded like, I remember whenever we used to use pellet guns because that would be the only thing like potent enough to like actually crack a bottle. That's kind of what it sounded like, but the bottle just split in half, like lengthwise, like from from like the hip of the bottle all the way down to the bottom. And the bottle like literally just opened up, went all over the service well and down Devin's pant leg, like soaking his leg and mm. just water. And we both just kind of looked at each other and we were kind of just in disbelief and and I don't know if you ever had to work with wet socks in your shoes. That sucks for Devin because that's how he had to work the rest of the night. Oh, but no. we were both dumbfounded. And we were looking at the bottle and where it was like, it did look like something struck it, which was weird. And this was happening in the middle of service. We were really, really busy at the time. Oh. Like on a Friday or Saturday night. So that was weird. weird. And that's when I really started to kind of buy into this Okay. Because Devin told so, me that uh, story too, but I love hearing both sides of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, it was again, just weird because no like we both heard the bottle crack. And we were just like, "What?" I don't know. It, it was it was bizarre. Huh. Another instance. Um, I was on the second floor working a private event, and at the time, I was um, I was working with another one of our bartenders. His name is Alden. He can attest to this too. Um, I don't know if he's had any other weird experiences, but he and I are just sitting there. We're at the at the at a point in the party where there's not much for us to do but just sit there and wait for guests to come up and order because they had already had their first round of service our general manager was up there using the computer to plug in um credit card tips so he was not in the way of the other bartenders there's the only other place in the building that he could do it and like all three of us are literally just sitting there warring on the computer plugging in credit card tips all night just standing there talking all of a sudden we hear a glass just like literally just kind of Fly off the rack, like one of the seven ounce coops that we use for oh. elegant, elegant cocktails, just literally just falls off the rack and just smashes on the ground. Oh, wow. Like, and we were both leaning up against the bar top. We were nowhere near this rack that is situated behind us. And all three of us just kind of look at each other and I guess we just shrugged it off. Like, all right, well, that's weird. <laughs> but here's the thing. At the end of the night, we're, when Alden and I are cleaning up, Alden's in the prep room, which is adjacent to the bar entrance on the second floor. I'm out on the out in the like the the commons area where the guests can kind of mingle with one another. Out there, I'm sweeping, I'm mopping, and then another glass comes off the rack and just smashes on the floor again. Oh, oh! So twice, twice in one night, the same kind of activity, if you will. Whoa. It was weird, and we were both just like, "All right, this." All and I both at this point were both like, "All right, this building is definitely spooked. This, there's something going on here." Huh. Now uh, I have one more, and this was actually just a few nights ago. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. I was in 
the building by myself. Uh, I think it was either Thursday night or Friday night. I want to say it was Thursday night. Uh, it was a really long shift. I got out late, and I'm like, so in the in the basement in the RX, if you will, there's like a little storage closet, and I, and that's where I stow away my tools to kind of keep them out of everybody's way after I'm done with them at the end of the night. And uh, I'm I'm coming down the stairs because I'm done. I'm about ready to lock up. I'm coming down the stairs, and I get to about you know maybe. 20 feet away from the storage room closet door and I hear something it just kind of like sounds like something fell to the ground a large thud like clunk like mm. a clunk if you will and uh it's concrete floor in the basement so I'm just kind of looking around like what fell off I go in the I go in the the the, the store the store closet and uh we have these bottles of ice wine they're like little 300 milliliter bottles like tall and skinny but they're situated in boxes and it looked like and i was in this closet in and out all night nothing had looked seemed to be out of place but one of those boxes of ice wine was just on the freaking ground hmm. like it had come up off the shelf and i was surprised that the bottle didn't break inside the box because even that that box is not really offering padding yeah but but it was just sitting there on the freaking store closet floor and i was just like uh that's weird how That's heavy really is it? I, I would assume it's pretty hefty. Not, not not as heavy as like your average wine bottle because it's smaller and skinnier, hmm. but still. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a distinct sound that I just cannot describe. Well, but yeah. when I ever opened the closet door, I was like, "That's what I heard," and I was hidden there right right at that moment. It's like huh. some weird kind of. It's like some weird kind of poltergeist shit. I basically the only way I can put it. Yeah. No, that's. Wow. Uh, yeah, a lot. Definitely, everyone I've talked to so far has had a lot of things falling off of things that shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's weird. Like, and every time it happens, whenever I'm in the building, like, so I've had two experiences when I'm all by myself which definitely made the hair on my neck stand on hair on the back of my neck, just stand up. And the two experiences that were shared, it was just like, we kind of, it just kind of struck us as bizarre. It didn't seem to frighten me as much, I guess, just because there's somebody else affirmed that I'm not crazy. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So those, those are my four experiences. And I, beyond that, nothing yet, but I'm sure, it's going to happen as long as I continue to work there. And it's something that people should know about the building. I mean, uh, you know, where we work now, I mean, the building was rebuilt in, I want to say it was rebuilt in 1909. And then from 1910 to 1920, it actually was Fourth Pharmacy. But before that, the building that was in that space where Thompson's is now, mm-hmm. um, before the turn of the 20th century, it was a hotel rumored to be a brothel. Um, but that building caught fire, like, in 1903. Oh. So who knows, like, what kind of auras are just still, like, remnant in that space. But the building has been a lot of things, you know, in its 100-plus year history. Wow. No, I mean, the fact that everybody seems to experience it, it makes me want to come and hang out more the next time I visit. Yeah. Because it it just seems so active, but it I mean it doesn't have a weird energy. Actually, when I was there, 
I was grabbed, which I thought was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was upstairs, and we were going to the little couch area to sit to um, interview Devin, and I felt something reach out and, like, grab my arm by my elbow, and I reached around thinking it was Kim, and she was much further behind me than I thought she was, and she just kind of saw the look on my face and was like, what's wrong? And I told her, she's like, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. Well, I get most creeped out in the building, like, when I'm there by myself, if I have to go to the basement for any reason, like, because I close by myself a lot. Like, once once the night crew is done, got the bar all clean, and I'm done with paperwork and stuff, I still got to do the the walkthrough. And walk through, make sure all the lights are out, make sure that the AC is turned off or turned on, depending on what time of year. And, you know, you know, basically check my staff's work and see to it that, that everything that was done that is supposed to be done. And then there's sometimes when I walk through that basement, it's just, I just get this weird, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? I get this weird feeling of it, like this impending doom or just something that is just kind of like... Mm. Something else, like, I feel like something else is present, but I'm not really seeing it. It's just, like, you know, you just feel that presence, and it's yeah. just, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies. Huh. Huh. Okay. Go yeah. hang out in the basement. Good Good to know. Well, here's the thing, it's just like, I don't, I don't mind it, I don't ever feel scared, I mean, creeped out is one thing, yeah. but, you know, if, it, if anything, like, alright, so if there's anything, you know... If there's anything valid to this, you know, collection of experiences that we've all had, if the building is spooked, whatever it is, it, it's definitely just mischievous, not necessarily nefarious. No, oh. that's a good way to put it. E- exactly. I mean, Evan told you about the bottles flying off the wall down in the basement on yeah. during service one night. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was weird. Um, I, I wish I had been there to see it just so I could be like, cause then guests were even asking like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> cause guests, guests saw it happen too. That's just like one of those one in a million kind of times to be working, you know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, thank you. I mean, I feel bad again that I didn't get to meet you in person, but thank you so much for dealing with my weird freaking technology issues and being on and um i can't wait to actually meet you in person and have a drink yeah well well next time you're in town please come in and see us will do thank you so much sir yeah you got it is that all you need for me to everyone out there listening today. I hope you liked it. A big thank you to Rain, Devin, and Sean for being on to tell us all about their creepy experiences at Thompson's Bookstore. If you are in the Fort Worth area ever, go and visit them. I have yet to have a big drink. A bad drink from them. Rain is slowly getting me to appreciate gin. It's not really my thing, but I'm learning. And it's really easy when you have master cocktail craftsmen like that. 
If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. I don't think the thing on the website is working, so don't do that. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please subscribe to the Patreon page. Next week, Thursday night, after the podcast comes out, I'll be doing a live hangout slash wine and ghost story night on the Patreon. So come and hang out with us. And that's it for this week. I will see you all next week on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye.